Welcome to Calvary Church, where we are dedicated to loving God and loving people. If you want to know more about us, please check us out online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello and welcome to week two of the Renewal Series. My name's Vince and I'm one of the pastors at the church. I'm so glad you could join us for the message today. Happy New Year, everyone. It's a particularly exciting time of year. People have different ideas, different goals and things that they're planning on achieving and doing. Um, Maybe you've set out uh, something for yourself. Some people uh, make some adjustments to, I don't know, their diet or maybe some people are working out. So if your uh, workout plan for 2023 was the downward, uh, the, the downward spiral yoga move, uh, then maybe 2024 is going to be an opportunity for you to switch some things up, do some things different. I think it's a good thing to have some fresh perspective. Uh, this week, uh, week two, we are cover, covering uh, the subject of renewal and, and prayer and having some differing perspectives on things. We're excited uh, right now. I, at least I'm excited. Maybe you're into it too. The weather change. I love the snow. It's a fantastic uh, ch- change of pace. Uh, it's snowing as we're, uh, this is being uh, uh, put together. Uh, snowing, when it's snowing at night is my particular favorite. Uh, I, I imagine I see, I got my hands on the steering wheel. I'm driving my car and it's snowing at night and I'm pretending I'm in the Millennium Falcon and, and it's like stars are flying past me. And that's just a, just a change of perspective. It helps give some different pace and all the, the maniacs come out when, when the snow is out. Uh, comedian George Carlin said it best this way that everyone who drives slower than me is an idiot and everyone who drives faster than me is a maniac. And so uh, maybe it's just a, a fresh perspective on things is what you need heading into this year. Perspective implies that there is one central piece that I'm looking with an alternate perspective on. When I'm, uh, I was just at a, a, a recent show at the Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth Theater, and the, the speaker up front was, uh, was, was doing their thing, and all the different seats, as they wrap around the theater on multiple levels, all have differing perspectives. There's one true thing that's happening, but my perspective on it is different depending on where I'm coming from. And Jesus said it this way in addressing the crowd. In John 14, 6, he said it this way, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus saying to himself, as I am the truth, I am the perspective. And sometimes that's a hard thing to grab because all we have is perspectives on what Jesus is, is uh, sharing with us as the truth. As we kind of work through some thoughts on prayer, and you, you'll have differing perspectives, and my hope is that maybe we could uh, draw a little closer in sharing ours. How do we talk to the truth? How do we talk to the creator of the universe? The scripture would say it out this way, that Jesus is a a friend who sticks closer than a brother. But sometimes there's, um, maybe we think of dealing with God in the same way of conversation. We think of that as the same way as we would deal with another person. Maybe you don't want to talk to people. And so maybe prayer is a challenge for you that way, because in general you're like, "Ah, actually, I don't want to talk to anybody. And so with that 
perspective on things. And you might uh, see it as like a person who gets requests in for social media. Because you know Zach, maybe you also want to talk to Brad. And you're like, nope, I don't want to talk to anybody. Because he's your friend, maybe this person's your friend. You're like, I'm good, thank you. Uh, every, everything's, everything's fine by me. Uh, back in the day, they used to pay for this service for caller ID. I would pay $8 a month if there was a, a service called, uh, like, reasoning why you're calling. Like, uh, like, reason for call, $8 a month. I would pay $8, no problem. Why are you calling? That would be worth $8. I don't need to know who is calling. I need caller justification. Why are you calling me? So maybe uh, some of these things, as it relates to prayer, you're like, oh, it's, I have a hard time sometimes praying and reaching out and connecting because you're just looking for, like, maybe a little more solitude. You're like the person who's, like, maybe self-employed, and it's uh, your company Christmas party, and you're, you just want to order and, and sit at a table by yourself. <laughs> it's you at a table with your self-employed, self-business, running and working with yourself. Maybe, you're, maybe there's just a couple people you like to connect with. And think of it more like you're the, you're the homeschooler at the graduation dance. And the only person there to dance with is your mom. You're like, I, you just don't have all the connecting things that maybe you'd like. With that per kind of perspective, and depending on how you look at it, the first step of prayer is a desire, a want to connect, a want to speak with Jesus. The how, the first step of how is, is I, I've, I've got to want it. I've got to put myself in a place to do it. In the how I speak with Jesus, another aspect comes in with how formal do I need to be the creator of the universe? Does he want me to speak special? Is there a special language? I, I, I don't pray like you. Some, sometimes when you hear somebody praying, you're like, I, I don't pray like that. It doesn't matter. There's no formal way that I must uh, communicate with, with God. You see, when a, someone, a dignitary, speaks to the queen, there's all these rules and a prep meeting on how you will address her. And, or, sorry, you can't do that anymore because she's dead. Uh, so uh, switch that around with king and how you would address him and how you would bow to him and how you would speak to him. But it's not like that way with God. There is no formal uh, aspect of how you should do that. That aspect of being formal with somebody connects in with how you think you should connect in with other people, speaking to God like you would speak with other people. Jesus being your friend and connecting with him on an informal level. Someone who understands you. I think that's a, a heartfelt desire of everybody is to be understood to be understood and to understand. I was, uh, one of my uh, uh, gigs on Thursday nights, I work at a board game store. And when I convey this, this thought of someone who understands you, I had this pop up this Christmas season. Uh, Christmas time and board games somehow seem to go together. People are playing board games and the store is packed. And I'm there with my two coworkers, people in and through the store, and it's a, a really busy time. And I look over, and one of my coworkers is eating these, these Japanese milk cakes. He's eating his Japanese milk cake, and the people are pouring into the store, and it's like busy in there. 
And so just the way my brain works, I say to him, looks like your milk cakes are bringing all the boys to the yard. He leans over to my other coworker and says, I don't know what he's talking about. My co other coworker looks over to him and says, well, I could teach you, but I'd have to charge. One of my coworkers got me. One didn't get me. Maybe you're at home going, what is he talking about? <laughs> Maybe that analogy isn't for you. There's this thing where this connection, people who understand you, people who, who, who just know how you think, that is how God connects with you. See, this prayer, I don't need to jazz up my language. I don't need to come at it a specific way. Imagine being understood. That's prayer. Imagine connecting with someone who just knows your, your innermost thoughts. That's prayer. That close communion, that connection, that community with the Almighty is what I'm talking about with the, the, the formalness of your prayer. So there's got to be the desire to pray, and then there's got to be uh, just, the, just a, a connecting understanding. Uh, I open up my heart and say what I got to say. And then I wait and ask, Lord, speak back to me. So that, that intimacy that comes through varying encounters, someone who knows you, an informal, someone who you can talk to, and someone who talks with you. Now, why talk to Jesus at all? And who is Jesus anyways? We talk about these things actually at our Alpha course, which is uh, coming up on January 24th. If you're interested in finding out and talking about some more of these subjects, register for that, calvary.ca slash Wednesdays. But in, this, in this, these, these things of who am I even talking to? So I understand I should talk informally, but who is Jesus that I'm even speaking to him? Why would I want to speak to him? I envision it this way, and, and there's this phrase that's kind of uh, uh, working its way around. It's, it's several years old, but for whatever reason, it's, it's grabbed on in popularity, is referring to someone as a Karen. And I think that uh, idea is hilarious, uh, but if your name's Karen, it's probably not that funny. Uh, this, this word, Karen, someone who's just like, I need to speak to a manager. I need to go to talk to the, the person in charge. Who's going to fix this? You're like, thanks, Karen. All these innocent Karens around the world that didn't do anything, suddenly uh, taking heat just because of their name. That doesn't seem fair, but regardless, you want to speak to somebody who you feel can influence the situation you're in. That's, that's a beautiful part of prayer. Lord, I need you. Jesus, help me. These are the things that are going on in life, and you want to talk to somebody who can actually help you. This Christmas season, I was with my buddy, and one of my uh, uh, kids is after uh, some free weights so that they could get into a little, a little better shape in the, in the new year. And so we saw this sale going on at Canadian Tire. So, uh, so with my buddy, I'm like, hey, let's go down to Canadian Tire. We'll go and grab a set of these free weights that are on sale. So, sure, we head down, and we check on our, our phones beforehand. It says that there's two in stock at this store, and they're on sale. So we go to that store, and it tells you, okay, go to this aisle. should be in this bin. Okay, we go, and there's no free weights to be found. 
So you're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe it got mislabeled, maybe, it, you know, moving around in inventory in a big store in busy Christmas time, and who knows what's going on. So, but, you know, we give it a real good go. We check the aisles, we check the around the aisles, we check the end caps. Maybe it's there, maybe it got moved. Finally, you've got to, like, concede, I need to get somebody who can help me. And, of course, store's busy, hard to find somebody. You find this call button, you know, get somebody to come to your area. Eventually, somebody comes, and... I, I love this. I'm there with my, my, my friend. He's like, oh, the, the free weights. Yeah, I, I remember seeing those. Okay, would you like point me in the right direction and I'll, like, I'll, I'll go grab them. Okay, so we spend another 10 minutes and him looking around. No, I sh- I'm sure they were there. I'm sure they were there. We can't find these free weights. It's like, ah, oh, you know, like it's frustrating, but he's like, oh, and he looks on his little gizmo. He says, it says here that you can order them curbside. I'm like, okay, great. Well, like, what is that? He's like, oh, you just like, you head out, you order it online, and I'll bring it right out to your car. I was like, well, that sounds great. I said, who's the person who's going to go find me the free weights? He's like, yeah. He's like, I, 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 you know, that would be me. I'm like, how about you just tell me where the free weights are. <laughs> we'll skip all the ordering online. We'll skip the hassles. You want to go to, somebody help me. Somebody help me. And that idea of, I want to talk to somebody who can actually do something. That's why people go to a manager. Can you help me? You want to go right to the top, right to the authority. And understanding Jesus and who Jesus is, Colossians 2.9 says it this way, for in Christ is the fullness of deity living in bodily form. The full God, the full measure of God, God incarnate, we celebrate this at Christmas time, is in body form. God, the creator of the heavens and the universe, living in bodily form. There is no other authority. This is the perspective. This is the truth. John 10 and 30 says it this way, the words of Jesus. I and the Father are one. Speaking to Jesus, there's a uniqueness between Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and there's a sameness across all three, this grand divine mystery that we call the Trinity, the Godhead, the three in one. Speaking to Jesus is speaking to the Father. I and the Father are one. So you want to talk to somebody who has the authority. You see, Jesus is not Buddha. Jesus is not Allah. Jesus is not the guru. Jesus is not David Muscovich. Jesus is not the Pharaoh. He's not the Emperor Hirohito. He is not the great raven in the sky. He's Jesus. It's different. And so it's not just a, a, a tag on God. Oh, it's just Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. It's not, I could just insert name here. It's distinct, interesting, fascinating personality that you can get to discover. And I, I know next week, and I'm excited to hear from her, when Pastor Heather shares on how you can understand Jesus better through his word. But that's a little sneak peek for next week. It's not important, particularly, that I say who Jesus is. But he asked this question himself. 
in Matthew 16, verses 15 to 17. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You want to talk to somebody who can get some things done? It's Jesus. You want to talk to the truth? It's Jesus. You want to talk to the authority in heaven who can move on your behalf? It's Jesus. Regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going through, it's like that understanding friend who identifies with us, our concerns, the things that are going on in our world. He's the friend who gets you, and it's a, a wanting to connect with him and then just begin your journey of speaking to him, and that is prayer. I will throw out this caveat, though, on a special uh, group of folks, and sometimes I dabble in this group myself. Controlling people have a hard time praying. Maybe that's for you. Maybe this is just a, little, a bonus five minutes. Controlling people have a hard time praying, but the reality is prayer is a high form of faith. Faith recognizes you are not in control. Control is a grand illusion. But I don't have faith like you. I just can't pray like for the things that you pray for. I, I just don't have it, some, someone might say. Sure you do. Sure you do. It's not an issue of the having of faith. It's an issue of what you're putting your faith in. I was at a conference this last September, and I've been chewing on this for six months, and it's unsettled in my brain as to, and I'll share it with you as a, as a working through it kind of piece of like a, a doctrine in my head. Now, if faith recognizes you're not in control, where do things like anxiousness and depressive thoughts fit in to the narrative of faith? And from the words I heard at the conference and my own uh, looking at things, I can very much see how faith can be linked in with anxious thoughts, anxiety, and some of the th things that are faced depression-wise in people. And it makes sense to me, and I'll explain a bit of why. I've had my own journey um, with this, and it's, you know, it wasn't blown out and elaborate, but I, I understand that there's different aspects of it. Some people are, you know, really suffering and uh, deep medical condition and, and, and need help in this area. Great. Get the help you need. Talk to who you need. But there's this other aspect that sometimes I feel like might be missing, and it's where anxious thoughts, anxiety, and some depressive things can be linked in with what I'm putting my faith in, with what I'm putting my faith in. When you've hit your personal end, you say, I don't have anything left. You're looking to control that last bit. 
and you say, I don't have control anymore. And that's where I go, good. That's the part where I think faith kicks in. Faith in myself to figure everything out and to solve all of life's problems, I have a, a, this sneaky suspicion that control is a first cousin to faith in yourself. I will just control the situation. I'm reminded of a, of a, a story in uh, Genesis 32. The story of Jacob. He was uh, going through and he's having uh, arguments you know, with his brother and it come to, to, to terms and Jacob had built this life and Esau was on the march and Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright and, and Jacob hit this point and it records it out in, in, in 32 where he'd sent his family on ahead and sent ahead, uh, you know, his, 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 all his possessions and cattle and all of these sorts of things so that when Esau came, but before Esau came, Jacob ran into a man. And this man and Jacob got into this massive wrestling match. It was the wrestling match to end wrestling matches. It said it went on all night. And if any of you have exerted, whether you've, you've participated in wrestling or boxing or, or some mixed martial art or something, you can't go more than three minutes without feeling like you're done. And so I imagine wrestling all night would just be just this exhaustion fest. And records through the Jacob uh, um, in Genesis 32 that as they got into this tug of war, this wrestling match, this the thriller from Israela, that he said to this man, who the man described himself, he says. In the, why do you not ask me your name? Okay, here it is, uh, Genesis 32, and at the end in verse 30. Um, Jacob says, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face. We discover later that it was either, whether it was God or an angel from God, that this man, this representation, that Jacob was wrestling with an angel, and perhaps even God himself. And so this is why Jacob, and this is the point where Jacob gets renamed into Israel. This wrestling match goes on where Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. They're wrestling all night long. I will not let you go until you bless me. And there's somewhere in my brain where there's this, who am I putting my strength in? Am I my own source? Am I my own sustenance? Am I my own answer? Am I my own healer? And all these things that come back to a, a controlling mindset, a controlling person, I think end up putting you at the peak of all the answers. And where it goes wrong is in recognizing you can't control everything. You can't control the outcomes. And that's where faith jumps in, is at the end of when you've like, I've controlled, I've done what I know to do. Faith comes and says, when you're done with you, there's God. I think there's well before then, before it doesn't even have to get to that place of 
despair and distraction. So if you're feeling like, perhaps anxious thoughts are related to my feeling. Anxious thoughts, if you frame it this way, can be, am I putting myself in such belief about what has happened or what could happen that I can't connect with God, that I can't connect with the answer, that I can't connect with the truth? Is anxiety, faith, in something so terribly bad going to happen, these anxious thoughts, that they're overwhelming? So the issue is not that you have faith or lack of faith. It's about where that faith is placed. And some of those anxious thoughts are, if you are the end of your problems, well, that is a place of concern because you know when you're at your end and there's nothing left, well, of course you're going to have anxious thoughts. Uh, Where faith in God uh, switches things around is your faith is no longer in you. Prayer is this extension, the grandest, one of the grandest extensions of faith. It's the substance of what you can't see. You're putting your faith in the unknown God. But he is known through Jesus. Now, when you're working through all of this, you're like, huh, those are some thoughts to to chew on. Just remember, we'll always come back to these same basic tenets. There's a God who loves you, who wants to have connection, community with you. His hope is that you would put him at a place of such a, a, a esteem that you would look to him first. It's not a formal exercise of having to say magic words and then he does this. It's an informal exchange between you and a creator who loves you and has your best interests at heart. Does it mean everything's easy? No. But know that you're loved and Jesus is walking hand in hand with you in this journey. Take the time to renew by speaking to him. You don't have to hold on to it and be in control anymore. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word, some of these thoughts that speak life to us. Lord, we're just uh, trusting, believing that for each person hearing the message today, they would just walk away with just a little nugget to want to press into you a little more. Lord, we put you first. We seek you first. And in accordance with your word, then you would add everything else. Lord, we trust you. We love you. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen.